and welcome to the Russian and Ranting podcast. It's been a while, but it's great to be recording and speaking with you all once again. My name is Joseph, and I'm delighted to be joined, as ever, by Scott Stapley and Alex Raspin. Unfortunately, we've not got Ollie for this one today, but he'll be back during the season. And of course, we're looking forward to seeing him very soon. How are we doing today, guys? Yeah, great. Thanks, Joseph. Uh, it's great to be back. Football's back. COVID is gone or sort of gone. <laughs> Uh, yeah, full steam ahead. Yeah, just to echo that, um, I blame Alex for attempting fate there with COVID, but um, fingers crossed it's sort of like um, it's kept under control. It's certainly going to be good to be talking about football for once, actually, um, you know, actual football games to look forward to. Well, so much has happened since the last episode. Diamonds have completed their pre-season campaign. Uh, they played 10 friendlies, travelled up and down the country as they built up their fitness and sharpness ahead of the new season. We've also signed six new players for the first team. Sam Warburton and Ben Diamond came in early doors. And then we also saw Ben Garwood, Nathan Shakuna, Dean Dummett and Dean Snedka sign on following successful trials. Of course, we had confirmation of the fixtures last month and the season kicks off next week as we take on Banbury United at Hayden Road. Do you want to tell us a little bit more about um, the sort of ticketing arrangements and everything before, before we start, Scott? Yeah. yeah, I think it's important just to mention that because some people might not be aware. Um, we're going with, you can pay... Like with um, the COVID situation, you can buy tickets ahead of the ahead of time. Um, all the matches up until um, the um, Royston Town match at home, I think that's at the end of September, are up for sale on ticket store. So if you want to plan ahead and do that, um, we're probably going to do that throughout the season, to, but monitor it and see how it how things um, pan out with the um, the pandemic. In case you know we end up having to go back to limited um, crowd numbers. Good thing is we can actually have a full capacity. At Hayden Road, so there's no restrictions on that at the moment. Touchwood, um, you can, I say, you can buy ahead, purchase purchase tickets um, ahead of time um, on the um, on Ticket Source, or if you um, want to, you can also pay on the gate using a um, contactless card, and that's important. Um, we're still not taking cash um, on the turnstiles, and again, part of the big reason for that is to protect the guys who are working on the turnstiles, because um, again. As I keep just mentioned earlier, we are still in a pandemic, although fingers crossed we're starting to come out the other side of it. Um, but it's just really just being cautious um, as we come out the other end to make sure that everybody's safe um, and we can have you know matches at Hayden Road for as long as possible, and we don't end up you know getting potentially having to lose a match or two because we end up you know something test positive potentially. Um, so yeah, um, first game of the season against Banbury United. It's ticket source, contactless. Or your season ticket. If you bought a season ticket last year, your um, season ticket will be um, good for this year. So it just all it did was um, it just carried on. We just because we thought as a club, you know, we only had about I think like six games or so last year. It made sense just to um, just carry the season tickets over to this year. Um, and also as a thank you for our fans, obviously from um, supporting the club um, in the year before when so there was a plea went out to get donations in to keep things going during the early part of the pandemic. Um, and also not to, also not to forget um, six packs. If you've got a six pack, um, it should work actually on the turnstiles because again you just take you bring it to the match and you swipe it on the turnstile um, to let you get let you um, gain entry to the match. Absolutely, thank you for that, Scott. Well, there's a lot for us to get through today. Uh, I should point out that this episode of Russian Ranting has been recorded on Thursday, the 12th of August, so all information used in the podcast is correct up until this date. And with that said, let's dive straight into today's episode of Russian and Ranting. 
Tomlin, two minutes of time added on, and Jaimez missed it! And it's in! Would you believe that? The man who could have won it in normal time has drawn level in extra time. Well, let's start off with the summer signings, gents. Uh, Diamonds have signed six players, uh, strengthening the squad in all areas of the field, in fact. Uh, goalkeeper, defence, midfield and attack. Uh, the first of which came before the preseason started, with 24-year-old left-back Sam Warburton joining the club. Sam, who is, of course, the son of Diamonds legend Ray Warburton, uh, has signed from Corby Town after spending four years with the Steelmen. Now, Sam has spoken about his desire to make the step up from step four um, and how that was a big factor in his decision to sign for the Diamonds. Scott, what have you made of his pre-season performances from what you've seen? And do you think he can adjust to step-free football? Well, he's been solid so far. I think it's difficult. It, it, I mean, it's difficult to judge him on pre-season because they are pre-season games. But, I mean, I've been lucky because I've probably... I've, certainly, I think I've seen him actually play for Corby a few times um, when I've been ground-hopping, actually, when he was part of a really, really good Corby side, which missed out on promotion to step-free on a couple of times um, in the last few years. And just an idea of what, how they used to play was pretty much overlaps with the with the um, fullbacks coming down the wing. So if you can replicate that sort of thing for um, us, be like what you know um, Zach Reynolds did and Sam Brown, then I think we've got a really really good signing. But I think at the moment I think it's been a very solid preseason, and I think it, a lot of it again it's just about fitness and just getting you to understand how we're going to play and how his teammates are going to want to use him and that sort of thing. Um, but so far so good. Alex, we haven't really had an established left-back since Sam Brown left the club uh, a year or so ago. I know you haven't seen too much of Wolves as of yet, but do you think he's got what it takes to make that position his own? Like you say, it is difficult to say. But I have seen him in the past playing for Corby. Like Scott mentioned, that they had an excellent side there as a matter of time before players started getting picked off. Um, but from the from what I've seen from him so far, he looks like a very attack-minded fullback, And we've had that on the right with Zach Reynolds, obviously, who's now gone. Um, and now we've got that on the left-hand side, which I would say we possibly haven't had. Um, so it's, a, it's certainly an extra dimension. It'll be interesting to see how we get on and if we if we maybe play slightly differently as a result of having him in the team. Yeah, I've seen a lot of Sam getting forward and putting sort of low cutbacks across the six-yard area. And you just wonder, once the connections start to, to gel on the pitch, I wonder if he'll get a lot of assists during the season, perhaps. Well, yeah, I mean, you think about it. it I know it was an own goal last night. Um so on yeah, last night it was um, it was his cross which actually caused the defender to put in his own net. So effectively, he's got an assistant preseason against Aventry. So following the sign of Sam uh, came the return of Ben Diamond. Of course, Ben was a fan's favourite in his previous spell with the club, but he's back for a second time, having recently returned from his travels in Australia. Capable of playing anywhere across the front line and also in behind the striker, he's going to be a key part of Andy Peaks' attacking team this season. Alex, how much are you looking forward to seeing Ben back in the diamond shirt? It was obviously a shame when he went in the first place. And I was surprised that when he did come back from travelling, I think he was playing in the UCL with Bugbrook last last season. Um, it looks like from from what I've seen in the friendly so far that he, he kind of it looks as he did previously. It doesn't look like he's missed a beat despite spending however long away in Australia or, or, or whatever. I don't think um, Ben's ability was ever in doubt um, in, in his kind of his first spell. Personally, just from my point of view, I, I wish that he was a bit more ruthless in front of goal. Um, and hopefully that's something that we can work on. Obviously, we've got a different coaching setup now to the one that he that was in previously. And I just think if he can add that to his game, he could be an invaluable member of the squad as opposed to a good one. 
Yeah, we've seen him play in a variety of different positions during the preseason. He's played as a number 10. We've seen him on the wings and on occasion as one of the strikers. And Scott, that versatility is so important, isn't it? Particularly in a forward player. Oh, most definitely. I mean, um, if you think about it, we've got quite a few which are interchangeable and it, it gives that bit more dimension up front. Um, I think with Ben, again, last time, as, as Alex said, he was absolutely fantastic when he first broke up the scene. He was really, really buzzing. I think it, for him, he's, he's, quite a confident, he's probably a confidence player. Um, I think once he's got those few goals and that, um, and as Alex says, if he can just, just add that little bit of ruthlessness to his game, then he can be an absolute quality sign. And just hit Sometimes when he's got that opportunity just to hit it. But I think in fairness to him also, it's just balancing out when um, when he sees he's trying to look like bring his play, teammates into um, into the game. So he'll try and look for an assist a couple of times, but sometimes it's just he's probably got to be greedy and just absolutely hit it. If he does, then we've got a quality player on our hands, more so than we've had uh, last time. Which position do you feel as though his best, his best position is? Because mm. we've seen him a lot in the preseason, playing in that sort of tip of the diamond, in that four diamond two, uh, doing really well. We've seen him on the right-hand side, uh, up front as well. Where, where do you feel his best position is? I, I prefer him personally through the middle as yes. a striker because I think he's got he's got a turn of pace. Uh, he controls the ball excellently well. Like I say, it's just that ruthlessness that I think was missing with him, which is perhaps why he's been tried in other positions. Obviously, I couldn't really answer that. But that that would be my preference is that he, he kind of played through the middle. I agree. Or if you're gonna, if you've got like a two up front, then you'd probably play him off the off the centre off the centre forward potentially. Yeah. You know, as you say, in that more in that centre forward ten number ten role, rather. But also, as you said, he can go back into midfield, play like like number ten, like in a four-two-three. Well, following the departure of Zach Reynolds, uh, Andy Peaks knew that he needed to recruit a new right back. So the club acted quickly, and after some successful performances as a trialist, Ben Garwood was unveiled as the third summer signing, coming in from no- uh, the Notts County setup. And at just 18 years of age, he's already making his mark with a series of impressive performances. Scott, we've seen Ben involved in the majority of the preseason games. And I'm sure Andy Peaks will be delighted to secure his services. Yeah, most definitely. I think he's a, he's a, he's been a real coup actually to pick him up, um, especially given the pedigree he's got coming through Notts County. Um, I mean, we're very, very fortunate. And just what we were just saying about um, Zach Reynolds, though Zach Reynolds has moved on. I think we've got a, a really, really good replacement in um, Ben Garwood. Um, coming through. Certainly somebody I'm looking forward to seeing how he gets on at this level, um, performing week in, week out. Um, I think actually um, Alex probably know a bit more. Actually, I think he was on the bench a couple of times for Notts County last year and did have a few minutes, but not too much. And from what I've got the impression they might be disappointed to have lost him. But again, it's all about that young player who's hungry, who wants to play those games and prove himself. So um, if he goes goes along, carries on like he has done in pre-season, like, be interested to see if we can keep hold of him because certainly, um, at, given his age and that, and being at step three, it won't be long before um, clubs at a higher level will probably come and look for him. But again, he's got to do, do all the right things. Well, Andy Peaks mentioned in one of his um, recent interviews, didn't he, how if Notts County went up to the Football League, then he probably would have got a pro deal there, which just goes to show um, the pedigree he's got. It's actually a yeah. new pair of fullbacks in the squad. Uh, what do you make of the signing, Alex? He's looked excellent so far. I can't believe he's 18. Like you just, you just said there, he he certainly plays like he's a lot uh, a lot older than that. Um, and from yeah, from what little I've seen of him so far, um, I thought particularly in the in the Northampton game, he was excellent as the kind of the whole team were. But we had a, I thought we were going to have a problem in that position because now might be a good time to mention Zach Reynolds and just. Uh, have a word about him because he's kind of snuck out a little bit this summer, but he's been a mainstay in the team for a few years now. He's been excellent for us. 
and wish him all the best um, wherever he, uh, he ends up next. But I, as I say, I thought we might have a problem replacing him there, but it looks like we've, uh, uh, Gold has fallen on our lap a little bit or we've stumbled upon him and he looks like an excellent replacement from what I've seen so far. Absolutely. Well, the fourth signing of the summer was confirmed uh, after the Dunstable game. Nathan Shakuna was announced as the latest addition to the Diamond squad, having featured as a trialist. He's 22 years of age, plays as a midfielder, who's often given licence to roam forward and cause a threat in the opposition box. It's another young midfielder added to the ranks, Scott, and it's good to see us stacking up some good options in that position. Oh, most definitely. I mean, he's he's, he's impressed again. Um, again, he's got, he's, he was he did um, distributes the ball quite well, um, brings his teammates into um, into the game. Um, the player who, funny if I think we've had him on trial previously, um, things didn't quite happen when to sign previously, but um, certainly he's um, he's had a lot of experience at step four um, for a number of clubs, um, Kempston, um, Aylesbury United, um, um, and a few other, Bedford Town is another one. Um, I mean, of course, apparently he's only 22 as well, so it gives you, you know, again, he's another very young player, strike, uh, young player. Um, I was just going to say, actually, just apparently he might have even played up front at some point. So again, it all comes back to that versatility we were just talking about. Um, another good signing. Um, looking forward to really seeing how he gets on. Definitely. Anything you'd add, Alex? I saw him for the first time against Daventry um, earlier this week, and I thought he looked really exciting, actually. He wasn't afraid to take on shots when yes. even maybe it wasn't necessarily the, the right option, but you know there was a, an intent there to go towards goal. That I think there might be a case that he, he might end up exciting and frustrating in equal measure a bit like Chris Ray was for us last season but, and he, but he, he's obviously very young and that's possibly to be expected but um, certainly looks like an exciting addition to the team and again something a little bit different to what we've had previously a bit like Warburton. Just thinking just to add to that I think this is his first time at step three as well so he's definitely pushing on to the next level and trying to move up the pyramids you know in advance and um, really sort of like develop his career as a player so again it'll be a new challenge for him it'll be interesting to see how he gets on um, this year. Well, you touched on, um, you know, he likes to get forward and score the goals. But one thing I've been really impressed with him in pre-season is the fact that he's always willing to switch the play from left to right and shift defences um, across the pitch. And I suppose that could be a really useful strategy when we come up against those teams that you know like to sit in low blocks and as we're trying to draw defenders out of their shape. It could be a really good strategy for us. Yeah, most definitely. Um, actually, I'm, I'm going to be remiss, actually, because I've, funny enough, I've been... Um, gone to Barton Rovers. Barton Rovers actually also had him at, um, at their place for the last couple of years where he's got about, I think it's like 17 goals in 38 appearances or something over two years or something like that. So again, he gives you, as you said, um, he's certainly got an eye for goal, but maybe that's part of the reason why, because he can move into space, that space and that to actually um, draw defenders out and um, get those assists and shots away. And over the last couple of days, Diamonds have completed a pair of signings, a double of Deans as Snedker and Dummett join the club. Let's touch on Dean Snedker first. He's a goalkeeper who comes in with some great pedigree. He was involved in the England under-19 setup uh, and joins us from National League Southside, Hemel Hempstead Town. Excellent addition to the squad, Alex, and I'm sure he's somebody we're going to be seeing a lot of this season. He's a first-class goalie, and I dare I say it, he is possibly a step-two goalie. Uh, he's been involved with the England England youth setup. Obviously, he came through the Cobblers youth team, but played... A lot, made a lot of appearances for the likes of St Albans and Hemel Hempstead, like you said. Um, look, I think this is the, a, a kind of player that can help us kind of kick on and push to the next level. Um, someone with that pedigree at a higher level. We you know, we haven't been bringing in many of those for, for one reason or another, but he certainly is one. And um, I think it's an excellent signing. Yeah, I think I'd echo that. I mean, um, Champs was talking on um, 
talking about at the AGM actually that the um, they were alerted to him that he might be available because um, people might not realise he was actually travelling down all the way down to Hemel Hempstead um, week in week out. Um, so again, that's a bit of a trip. So coming to us, I think that he said he's now in the Northamptonshire area again. So for him now, that cuts down his travelling, but it also allows him to push on. He came along, what you're saying, in pre-season, saw how we did things. Um, in fact, was impressed about how professional the setup was. And as a result of that, he's been he's been persuaded to actually sign for us. And I think a lot of people were certainly um, he played obviously on um, tonight against um, Damantry last night against Damantry side. Um, but the other, I think the game probably where a lot of people might have been quite impressed with him was in the Northampton game, where he looked really, really solid. And with Ben Heath recently signing on for the season, we've now got two brilliant goalkeepers competing for that starting place. Snedker, of course, brings lots of, exper- um, lots of experience and pedigree. Heath has been a great goalkeeper for Diamonds down the years. So it's great to have that competition for places in the squad, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. I mean, we've two goalkeepers actually of similar age now because um, Snedker's 26 and um, I think Heath is about 24. Um, so again, you can have two keepers pushing to actually um, compete for that number one, that that, num- that um, first choice goalkeeper um, position in the squad. So um, certainly going to be interesting to see how how the manager actually um, maintain, you know, manages it throughout the season to keep both keepers happy and um, certainly keeping the books. But certainly we're very now we're very very strong as um, at goalkeeper. When obviously there was a lot of concern initially about, oh, we haven't signed a goalkeeper. But certainly like London buses, they've come. You know, one's come along and another one's come along at the same time. And of course, we also saw Dean Dummett join the club, a midfield player, uh, 30 years old, comes in with a wealth of non-league experience. And that could be a really shrewd signing as well, couldn't it? Yeah, definitely. I think, um, you know, we've got quite a, a young team. So that little bit more experience, that little bit of a, you know, wiser head on, wiser head in that team could actually be quite, be quite useful. Um, certainly sort of like bring on some of our young, young players. But I mean, he's had, he has had a very good, Record actually with likes of um, with Barton Rovers again, um, 17 goals and 36 appearances according to um, his account online in the 2019-20 season, which I think really that's the one we've probably got to go with because um, season being curtailed um, last year. So again, positive. He's buzzing to get started. Um, I think it is his first. In fairness, I think it is actually his first season at Step Three. So again, it's another player who's got an opportunity to. Try and see what he can do at this level. Um, and yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing how he gets on. It adds that, again, it adds that bit more depth actually in midfield. I think with midfielders these days, we, we generally give them these specialist roles. You know, so-and-so is an attacking midfielder or he's a defensive midfielder. I think with Dean Dummett, he is that natural box-to-box player who can do a bit of everything. You know, he's got very good defensive positioning, awareness with his interceptions, his tackles. Uh, he's got great leadership as well, you know, telling the younger players where to be. But he's also capable, like he did against Dinesbury, um, to get forward, arrive late into the box and to score a goal. And, you know, he mentioned um, you, me- you mentioned how he got, a, I think it was a 15-goal a season, season a couple of years ago. And I'm not saying he's going to repeat that at this level, but he's certainly got the capability um, to score a few goals in this Diamonds team. So really looking forward to, to seeing what he has to offer. Yeah, it goes back to what we were just saying about versatility being a really, really important um, feature of our squad, actually. So, again... You know, we've got somebody again who can bring it, you know, play in a number of different positions. And as we were just saying about, you know, as we as we were going to go on and say um, regarding, um, you know, some of the games and that we've got up and coming, it means it gives the manager opportunities to play different formations and different styles and, you know, against different against the opposition. So, again, to keep them guessing. 
good. Kettering here as Brady again coming forward. Mustafa as well. Still Mustafa. Carey. Carey shooting. Deflects off Phil Brown. Into the path of Mustafa. And there's Derby for the second goal. For the Diamonds. Out of nothing really. The ball deflecting off Phil Brown. Falling to Darkan Mustafa. It's crossing the far post. Derby not picked up. He's got his second. And surely that's the points now for the Diamonds. 77 minutes gone here at Rockingham Road. It's Kettering nil. Diamonds two. Let's move on to the pre-season campaign, which is all wrapped up now. Uh, Diamonds played 10 games over the course of the last month or so, with a record of seven wins, three draws and no defeats, scoring 30 goals and conceding six. It was also a month where Diamonds picked up a treble of trophies, having won the Harry Robinson Trophy, Chris Ruff Cup and most recently the Dale Roberts Memorial Cup. Scott, obviously results aren't the most important factor of the pre-season and neither are the trophies. They're just a bonus. Uh, but it was a much-needed period of games for the squad to build up their fitness, sharpness, and their tactical understanding again. Yeah, definitely. I think it's again, it's sort of pre-seasons about um, building up fitness and also trying out different things with different formations. Also integrating players into the squad and trying to get that sort of like balance because we've lost players, and as we said, we lost lots of Zach Reynolds. So that's allowed um, the manager the opportunity to actually um, blood some of the new players like Garwood and um, uh, Sam Walker to pull back certainly and. Um, also bring that sort of few more in, into the midfield. So a lot of games. I think part of the reason for that is because of the situation with the COVID, with COVID. Because a lot of these players haven't played for much, you know, haven't played since um, December last year, I think, actually, if you, if you go that, thinking about it. Unless they, um, and in some cases, like I think Ben Diamond got an opportunity to play at some of the Step 5 clubs when they sort of reopened, um, you know, March, April time. So... Very, very important to just get those games and just to get those minutes and ensure everybody knows that's sort of like a point where they're fully fit because certainly we're, with the start we've got, um, we need to hit the ground running. Definitely. Uh, Alex, which of the games did you manage to get to and uh, what's your overall summary of the pre-season? Well, I can only talk about the games that I did see, which were all convincing victories. So <laughs> I saw <laughs> the Amesbury game that was held at Kempston uh, fairly on. I think it was possibly the second game. That was a 3-0 win, fairly straightforward. Then the Northampton game, which I, I thought was brushed under the carpet a bit by certain sections of the fan base and the media as well, because they had some young players playing. But yes, they did. But they, they had about five players that are regularly involved with the with the first team. They had young players that, Presumably the Cobblers will be looking to to loan out to our level, if not above. And, and Max Dyche has just gone to Kettering in the last week. I mean, he played in that game. I thought we completely dominated from, from start to finish, could arguably have, have won by more and shouldn't really have conceded the one that we did do. That that was probably the best game that I've seen so far. And then lastly, I was, I was at the, the Daventry game uh, earlier this week. Um, which again, I thought that might be a little bit more competitive than than it was. Although it did kind of pan out that way, but after we were three nil up, so the game kind of had gone at that point. But yeah, like I say, just I, I know that some of the other uh, performances weren't necessarily at that at that standard. I just happened to have missed them, but I can only talk about what I did see, and we looked excellent in all three games, to be honest. Yeah, and you mentioned the Northampton game there, and I, and I want to raise a word for the support that night. It was a brilliant turnout at the Diamond Duck, hundreds of fans showing their support for the Diamonds and a, a good turnout from the Cobblers fans as well. It was a really, really good atmosphere um, in the ground and the performance was uh, matched it as well. Diamonds were brilliant in that first half. Their pressing was absolutely brilliant. Um, you know, the defenders couldn't live with them in that first 20 minutes or so and every time they did manage to get the ball into the likes of Scott Pollock in midfield, 
Diamonds just swarmed them in the, in the middle of the pitch, won the ball back and transitioned really quickly. And I thought we were really good on the set pieces as well. It was a very complete first half performance. I think naturally we dropped off a bit in the second half as Northampton grew into the game. Um, but there was never really a moment where I thought, oh dear, well, apart from the goal, obviously, at the end, I thought there was never really a moment where I thought, oh, they're actually going to score here and we look a bit ropey. But no, I thought I thought we were excellent in that game in particular. I just want to touch on something before we go any further, actually, just when you just said it was about the support. I think also, more importantly, it was a good turnout to actually um, give Max Griggs um, a send-off, you know, obviously, and pay our respects to him. Because, um, to be honest, without Max, none of us would be um, here where, here right now, you know, supporting Diamonds. You know, he, although um, the old club is no longer with us, the community which that um, sprung and that, that is his legacy, you know, he built the club and it, he effectively created that community from which we've obviously um, carried on through the um, through the new for the club through the new club basically so um, you know that that was good to see and as I see a lot of people don't probably don't realize but Max was actually still supporting the um, you know the reform club and down at um, Hayden Road it used to sneak come through the turnstiles and um, sit in the um, Chris Ruff stand at the back and just watch his match watch the match probably sometimes have like a grandson or one of his son his son there Stephen, um, just enjoy it like a normal support, any ordinary supporter, you know, um, it's really, really humble man, really great guy and it's, it's, it's certainly a loss and um, yeah. Well said Scott, I just want to jump in and say something here as well, um, because the decision that Max made in, in 1992 to, to merge two football clubs and form Rushton and Diamonds, the impact that that's had on, on my life and the memories that I've made as a result of that decision and his generosity in uh, in building the ground and creating the community that he has. I, I struggle to put it into words, really. And I was really, really upset when I heard the news. Ironically, I was watching uh, my son play for um, the ASC Russian Diamonds Under-7 Reds team at the time when I heard the news come through. And I instantly thought, well, I wouldn't be here doing this, would I, if uh, if it wasn't for a decision that, you know, Max made 30 years ago. Um, my son's now involved in it, even though he has kind of no, he's only seven, he has no idea about Russian and Diamonds and anything that went on. But what an amazing journey. And it, it was all down to him, really. And it's it'd be a massive loss to the club. Um, and not just from a kind of historical and, and, and for the memories and from that point of view. But as you say, he was still a supporter of the club and he was still turning up at, at Hayden Road to watch the games. Um, so just a huge loss generally. But thank you, Max, for everything that you did for us. Absolutely. I can only echo the messages um, that you've both given. And of course, everybody at AFC Rushton Diamond sends all of our thoughts and condolences to the family and friends of Max Griggs, who was a visionary, uh, an inspiration and no doubt a legend at both Rushton and Diamonds Football Club and AFC RD. It's John Brady. of anyone to scalp for the others. But they trail here 1-0 to Chester. It's John Brady to take this free kick for which Peters has gone forward and he gets his head to it and scores really fine header from Mark Peters 1-1 well he's more than played his part at the back this season for the conference champions and he stole up there to very good effect good flight on the free kick from John Brady Peters could not have guided this header any better. In off the far post. Let's move on to the final topic of the podcast then. We mentioned right at the very start 
that the fixtures have been released. The season is now upon us and the Diamonds will kick off their season on Tuesday the 17th versus Banbury United. Of course, the actual Southern League season begins on Saturday the 14th, but due to Kings Langley switching to the Southern Premier South, there's now 21 teams in our league and thus an odd number. So somebody has to not play every week. Diamonds just so happened to miss the opening weekend. But as I say, we will be in action against Banbury on the Tuesday night. We'll come on to that game in just a moment, but let's have a look at um, a, a more broad look at our fixtures as we go across August and into September. And well, Alex, you look at that first few in particular, that, that's quite a start, isn't it? Oh, well, yeah, well, first of all, how annoying is that, that we've missed out on the first uh, weekend of fixtures and having to wait a few days to get the season started? But the good news, I guess, if, if we can take any from it, is that we're at home on that first game, uh, which will be nice on the Tuesday night. But, yeah, I think if you could handpick the fixtures, I don't think there would be much worse than what we've been dealt there. I think perhaps you could input Stourbridge in place of maybe Needham, who I think are, are up fairly early on. But, I mean, apart from that, it's horrible. Um, at least on paper. I mean, things don't always pan out how they do on paper. Nuneaton, for example, were expected to do really well in the last couple of years and it didn't look like it was going to pan out that way in either of them. So, you don't, you know, you can't necessarily read everything into what you see on, on Twitter and signings that people make. But yeah, it looks really difficult. And I think we it'll be a case of picking up what, what we can. I mean, I don't want to sound too pessimistic or, or despondent, but... Uh, if we can get through through that opening six games with something like six points, I think we could consider that a result and then and then try and kick on from there. I think one thing you've got to bear in mind is how many times have people said, oh, it's going to be a tough run, and then they actually go and you the sort of games you end up going and winning, and it's sort of like um, one of those games you wouldn't normally expect to come a cropper that you end up dropping the points. Go. I mean, just an example was so when we went, at the time we went to Spalding all those years ago in the UCL, and then we ended up losing the following week to Boston Town. So it can come can work that way. But, uh, I mean, certainly starting off at home is, is crucial. We've got two home games. You never know if we can get off to a good start against Banbury. Um, we have actually we have actually beaten them in recent years. We did beat them in the FA Trophy when we had a full season at one point um, at their place as well. So, you know, things like this can happen to the guys, you know, knuckle down and they can, you know, get off to that good start. You know, there's certainly a lot of decent quality in our squad to potentially, you know, pull off that sort of um, result. And then obviously moving on to Colville. Um, Again, if we can just get a good result, a decent result against Colville, then that might give put some good stead actually through those sort of like um, preseason games. But you're right, on paper, it's certainly a tough start. But um, you know, sometimes you just got to think, well, you know, a lot of times that's the challenge at the end of the day, and sometimes players actually thrive in that in in that respect. You look at the teams that we've got, and as we've discussed, we've got a lot of the tougher teams at the start of the league. Do you think that can be a good thing in the sense that you know we're all starting afresh, everyone's on zero points? And we can sort of go into those games, you know, with 100% in the tank and, and see how many points we can get. Yeah, I don't think it's necessarily a bad thing to to throw ourselves in at the deep end like that. It will really give Peaksy an idea of where we're at, <laughs> I think, quite quite early on. But also, obviously, as a result of that awful start or what we think will be a really tough start, there's going to be a period of games after that that should be winnable, um, you, you would hope. And, and like I say, if we can just pick up a, an amount of points, I, I just said six there, not necessarily that, but um, some points to, to get get us kind of off the board and up and running. If we can take that into kind of the next few games, which look at, do look a bit easier on paper, um, it, it could work out quite well, even though it doesn't it doesn't feel like that at the moment. And I think if you think about it as well, if we can get off to a good start, we've also got an FA Cup game um, to switch sandwich between I think Needham and um, Peter Sports, well, between Peter Sports and Needham. 
Um, so that you never know if we get off to do that reasonably well, we've got that opportunity to take that into the FA Cup game. Hopefully, probably start an F some sort of um, FA Cup run this year. You touched on the home games that we've got there, Scott. If you look at our first four games in total, it's it's Banbury, Colville, Bromsgrove, and Peaceborough Sports. Three of those four are at home. Yeah, I think the other thing probably looking at as well is they're all good opposition. So you might find that actually because we've had so it's been so long since we've actually you know had a competitive league game. I know we've had the friendlies that might actually encourage a few more people to come along quite early, you know, to try it out because instead we're not we don't just pick some of the teams. We're not it's not something like the teams where you expect them probably be more like mid table. They're sort of like the guys you expect them to be, you know, near the, competing near the top end of the table. So that might actually encourage quite more fans to come along in those early stages of the season, which as long as we can get that momentum, actually could draw us good, but it's in good stead for the rest of the season. But again, it's crucial about how we approach those games. So certainly, paper, they are, they are tough, but again, that's just football. You've just got to deal with it. But obviously, don't, I don't know how Peaksy would look at it, um, or whether they, they think quite like this, but there's two games There's two games there uh, against Peterborough Sports and Colville, which I think are a bit of a free hit. I would personally expect very little from those games on the basis that I think they'll be right at the top of the league uh, this year as as they were kind of at the back end of uh, of last season when it when it finished and obviously we played Peterborough Sports in the FA Trophy uh, at home um, in our last game in, in December and we got absolutely battered there but I think he's got to be looking at that that Banbury game the Bromsgrove game um, I don't think they'll be quite as good as they were they've, they've lost a lot of key players Bromsgrove I think there's an opportunity there to pick up some points I think Peace is going to be looking at those two fixtures thinking we've got to try and Get some points on on the board here, and then take take that into the the Peterborough Sports and the Colville games, and and see what we can do there. I think that's realistic. Just to play devil's advocate once again, you look at the squad that we've got. Um, very blessed in terms of the strength in goal um, and in the back line as well. So you, you yeah. mentioned those two games there, Alex, Peterborough Sports and Colville. Do you reckon those games sort of play into our hands a bit? You know, we can soak up a bit of pressure, maybe look to to hit those teams on the break. I mean, you could look at it like that. I think. We would have to play like that. <laughs> um, whether whether we would be able to play like that, whether they would let us play like that, I, I'm really not sure. I think those two teams are so impressive. Um, I was, certainly, our defence is going to have to be really at it that day, and we're going to the, the chances that we do get are going to be very few and far between, and we're going to have to try and take them um, if we if we want want a, a chance of getting anything from from those games. And obviously, Liam Dolman limped off in the Daventry game. Um, don't know, none of us know how serious that is at this point in time. Um, that's going to possibly reduce, with all, all due respect, to all the other players in the squad. Obviously, he's our captain. That's going to make uh, life even more difficult for us. I think. No, definitely. I mean, we still think we have still got lots of Patrick Casey and we've got Collard. So we have got the depth there too. But certainly, Liam being such a crucial part of our defence for the last um, six years or so, it certainly is a big loss. But again. That's something we've just got to manage in that. And so we have got some, we've got some good players who can step into that role, which hopefully means that we can actually stay solid at the back. Well, let's move on to that first game of the season. Then I've been, I think it's the first um, actual game that we've previewed on the podcast because of the pandemic. So I've been, I've been looking forward to this moment. Um, yeah. But let's touch on that game. Uh, promises to be an absolute belter under the lights at Hayden Road. Banbury have made their intentions clear. They want to be up there challenging at the top end of the league this season. And we could potentially be seeing up to five ex-Diamonds returning to Hayden Road in Sam Brown, Jack Westbrook, Ben Akwai, Chris Ray, and um, ex-Loanee, Morgan Roberts. I mean, what a game that is on paper. It's almost like, um, yeah, it's like a Diamonds reunion, really, with some, some of the players which are in, which are coming across. 
Um, so I think this will be um, Sam Brown's first um, game back at Haven Road, and not probably certainly against us, playing against us since he actually left the club. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how you know how we get on, and obviously fans would expect to be probably welcomed because of you know the amount of um, number of years he um, spent with us. Um, you can't say nothing about him apart from you know he's been a he has been a great servant throughout that time, um, and a, you know really really good player. And sort of like he's evolved as he, and he's come up through the leagues with the club um, during that time. So it is going to be certainly strange seeing um, Sam, you know, on the um, playing in a, in a Banbury shirt um, on Tuesday. I think this is a brilliant game to start with. Tuesday night under the lights at, at Hayden Road. Yeah. Uh, like, like I say, although we didn't uh, not starting the season on the normal date, the same as everybody else, it's nice that we've got that home game there. And what a great way to start against a team that are loaded with our former players, some some recent, some not so recent, um, but all of them in their own right, good, good players. And it, wouldn't it be great to get one over them uh, in that first game? Um, I just think it's it's going to be definitely a fascinating encounter, that one. So I just wonder if you'll see an ex-Diamonds front three of Ray, Roberts and Akwai. That could be really interesting. Uh, but but let's, like, like we say, let's have a, look, a little more in-depth look at Banbury in general. Um, last two seasons, obviously the COVID hit seasons, they were seventh in the 1920 season after 32 games. Uh, in the 2021 season, um, they only played seven games, but they were quite low down, 18th. So not where you'd expect them to be. Um, what are we expecting from Banbury this season? They're making a lot of noises on social media, aren't they, about having a step two mentality. I keep seeing them reference that. They they um, released something this week about wanting to have average gates of 800. Um, and I think when you look at some of the signings that they've made, there's clearly some ambition there. Uh, I don't know whether this season is necessarily the, the, the right season to show that ambition or not, given that there seems to be about 10 other teams that are doing likewise. Um, but look, you, you've got to hand it to them. They're clearly doing something right. They're, 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 they're drumming up some interest in the team. They are signing good players, you know, whatever people think about Ben Aquai or whatever, uh, going to Kettering, he was excellent for us. And, you know, I'd have him back here in a heartbeat. Um, likewise, Morgan Roberts was excellent for the short period that he was here. It looks like there's certainly a, a club on the up and it'll be interesting to see how they get on this season for sure. Yeah, I think the only thing we've got to bear in mind is only two players, two teams can go up and there's about, as Alex has just said, about seven or eight are doing it. So six of them are going to miss out potentially. So it'll be interesting to see. Which one of the one of the eight essentially does it? And no, no, we could we could even sneak in there. We, you know, it could all it could all it could always happen. Um, but again, we've seen it. We've seen it in other seasons. The clubs have spent the money and then they've struggled potentially at the start of the season. It all depends on how much they can gel um, by bringing all these players in. Let's flip that question on its head then. Uh, the million dollar question, I suppose. How do we think Diamonds are going to get on this season? And where do you expect us to be in and around in the league? I mean, it's probably a bit of a cliche now, but um, I'd say, again, hopefully trying to get towards that mid-table position, um, you know, pushing on, hopefully for towards the playoffs if we get that good run. Um, really depends on what sort of start we get and also how we progress after like 10 games. Again, it's difficult to say how we're going to do until we're actually probably about 10 games in into that season. Because again, we've all had, we've had quite a long layoff as well, along with the other clubs. So although on paper, a lot of the signings um, at other clubs might be thinking, okay, um, we're quite surprised at sort of like the quality of the players going there. So we've signed some quality players as well. Um, we're not going to know until we're 10 games in. You never know. I think we saw it a lot. You know, previous seasons, we've seen clubs bring in players and it's not worked out. They've been there, you know, and they've ended up having to get rid of most of the squad. So 
but in our case, I think we've got that stability. So I would like to think we'd finish mid-table um, around that place, but hopefully, you know, sort of, if we do really quite well of the guys, you know, hit the ground running, then potentially sort of like push towards those playoffs. But what I'd really, really like to see this year is a, is a good cup, FA Cup run, because I think we've not had one for a number of years. Um, and I think that would really add a real bit of a buzz actually around the club, certainly after the, you know, the couple the last couple of years with the pandemic and that and cutting the season short. I think that would be a really, really good thing to have. Yeah, I agree with you there, Scott, particularly about the FA Cup. We did so well with that in our first few years. Had some great, very, really memorable days. Yeah. Uh, and more recently, it's been much less memorable. Obviously, last season's awful game against uh, against Newark. It would be nice to consign that to history and uh, and have a nice run there. In terms of how I think I'll do, uh, sorry, how I think the Diamonds will do in the season, I think mid-table is probably where we will be. I think it, uh, any talk of the playoffs is probably optimistic. Like I alluded to earlier, I think there's so many teams this year that really seem to be to be going for it. Um, I think that's quite obvious. And I think for us to compete with them is, is not realistic. And if we end up mid-table, I'm all right with that, to be honest. Um, as long as we can see some sort of signs of progression it would be nice to bring on uh, the guys like Will Jones if he can have a good season with us um, some of the other young lads like Patrick Casey if they can keep keep kicking on Garwood obviously as you mentioned earlier only 18 um, if these boys can can get some experience under their belt um, perhaps we can we can look to kick on maybe a year from now but but this season I think main mid table is a realistic aim so I just want to quit one just to make a point on that as well I just um I think you've got to remember you know okay like these clubs are spending money but it could always go the other not just this season, it could also go against them in following seasons. We've seen it like with Corby, you know, getting to Conference North and then crashing and burning all the way down to step four. And since they've been trying to get out of step four, um, you can go, it can go that way as well in subsequent seasons. So it cannot be just, it may not just, maybe because you're spending all this money this season, but obviously whether you can sustain that over a period, you might end up paying for that later. So again, what we're looking to do is a bit more of a sensible approach and keeping ourselves sustainable and also keeping ourselves um, well within budget might actually prove to be the more prudent approach. Although it might seem, you know, slow and steady at this point in time, it may actually reap dividends for us in the future. Yeah, just to pick up on that point, because that is a really good point, Scott. We often talk about, you know, maybe making a push for the playoffs. I think we're certainly capable of doing it in a one-off season. You know, obviously, Diamonds in the first season, we were up there, we sort of fell off towards the end of the season. And then in, in the first COVID hit year, we were in and around fifth place. And then again, we dropped off just before the lockdown. Um, but I don't think it would necessarily be an underachievement if we finish in that sort of upper mid-table position. You know, you mentioned the clubs that are throwing the money at it. I don't think it's necessarily a bad thing for us to consolidate, you know, in the middle of the table. You know, we often forget we've only had one full season at step three. We've had two COVID hit seasons. And particularly, you know, you, you look at the financial impacts on the clubs coming out of it. I don't think it's necessarily a bad thing for us to just consolidate at the moment and then gradually push towards the playoffs over time. Yeah, I mean, the other thing also we need, obviously, to actually go to that point where we are getting to that next level is more people's approach, obviously, to do voluntary work, you know, volunteer for the club, try and get the word out and get that visibility in the community. Um, certainly, there's obviously things we can, the club are trying to do, but that's certainly an area we do, as a club, need more volunteers to get that sort of like... Um, visibility in the community and also get the word out and get that more generate for more interest um certainly on this also we've got a lot of great sponsors but we need probably a lot more we also probably need a lot more sponsorship coming in as well just to help get that club to the next level to get to step two eventually well i think we're going to wrap things up for this episode 
of the Russian Ranting podcast. Scott, Alex, thank you both once again. It's been an absolute pleasure chatting to you today. And uh, fingers crossed, we'll have Ollie rejoining us for the next episode. And thank you to all of you guys for tuning in for this one. Don't forget, you can find us on social media. Our Twitter handle is at Russian and Ranting. And you can also find us on Instagram at Russian and Ranting Podcast. In the meantime, everybody, stay safe, stay well, and we'll see you all back down at Hayden Road for the start of our Southern League Premier Central season. Take care, everybody, and up the diamonds. <laughs> <laughs>